This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin, the only problem you're going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street, your favorite draft analyst, favorite draft analyst. It's the dudes from the Draft Act NBA Draft Show on the No Ceilings NBA podcast feed. My name's Corey Tulva. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Albert. Garbage time. Gim, ladies and gentlemen. Albert, what is popping, man? <sighs> doing well. Doing well. Um, excited to be back. Um, a lot of good things are happening in the world. I think I don't know. Sometimes uh, Corey, you think <laughs> Corey, a couple we're like a couple of years into this. You think I'd get better at the intro part? I sure, just gets worse. Um, but I'm excited to be here. We're talking about a set of guys that are really interesting and a lot of fun. A guys that I like. I like all of them. So this is going to be a fun episode this week. This is going to be a fun episode. We're sorry uh, about the delay if you're watching live on YouTube. Um, If you could see my background, my apartment looks like a disaster because I'm in the process of packing all of my shit up because I am moving. So that's been fun. A lot of stuff going on. But enough of the small talk, man. We got three fun prospects. Let's get into it. Uh, And we're going to start with... For many people, the presumed number one overall pick heading into the year, Ron Holland heading to the G League Ignite. Now, Ron Holland, this is going to be an interesting conversation. Here's somebody that uh, we both got to get up close eyes on live at the Nike Hoop Summit a few months ago. And... um, a guy who has an intriguing skill set for the modern NBA. So I'm excited to break it down uh, with you. Little background, 6'8", 200. He just turned 18 in July. So he's going to be 18 on draft night. One of the younger players in the draft. Uh, Albert, talk to me. What is it about Ron Holland that you like? Because I know that even when we did our quick hit social media segment, uh, when we were in Portland, um, you called out Ron Holland as the guy you like. So what is it that draws you to Ron Holland? Corey, even on an amateur level of sports, it's good to be around guys that have that dog in them, um, which is like such a, like a cliche thing to say, but when you're actually on the field or you're on a court, you can kind of look someone in the eye and you can tell. Um, I play amateur freaking flag football basketball softball but when we play in tournaments we're in the finals and you're standing next to a guy you could see it in their eyes that either they want it or they want to run and hide um the main thing with ron holland is when i saw him play i felt like he just has that desire in him um he's not afraid um i feel like he's going to be a guy that is going to seek out 
the largest stage that he could possibly find. Um, I think that's why he decided to go to the G League instead of playing in Texas. I think he thought it'd be an opportunity for him to hone his craft, to become a professional basketball player, but to also play maybe on a bigger stage um, or maybe at least play against tougher competition. And so I think the biggest thing that stood out to me about Ron Holland was it wasn't really even the skill set or the athleticism or the build or any of that. He just seemed like a guy that wanted to win, that wanted to play hard, that cared about the final product. And so I think that's the first and most important thing that stood out to me with Ron Holland. Yeah. He's a gamer, right? He's about it. Like that, that definitely stood out. Cause you know, you came to the hoop summit a couple of days later, right. Then, then I know myself and Rucker and Metcalf did. And we were at the practices and we were like, like the motor is not necessarily there. And like, that's his thing. Like, right. This dude is all about the motor. Um, and, you know, I had again, I, I had an NBA executive tell me kind of like, hey, this U.S. team, they've been banging, bouncing around from high school competition to high school competition. They're pacing themselves. But once the game, once the scrimmages started, and then once the game started, you saw him turn it on in a way that maybe he didn't show in practice. Mm. And you saw him go all out. You saw him, you know, do all the things that you expect a Ron Holland to do that he's shown, you know, um, in his pre uh, professional film. So, and, and what does every NBA team want, right? They want a, a versatile skilled two way, six foot eight wing. And that's what he represents. So uh, going to the G league Ignite is going to be interesting because there's a lot of talent on that team. And if you're looking for a guy who's going to step up and say, I'm the man, it very well could be him. I agree, man. I agree. And this is us, you know, not even getting into the nitty gritty of his skill set or his ability on the basketball court. I, I just feel like sometimes it, it's not the worst thing to take a bet on a guy that really cares and that, you know, is going to work hard. But the, the, the interesting thing, Corey, is like by the end of our discussion today about Ron Holland, I think it's going to be really interesting for the listeners to hear about like where we actually have him and where we're projecting him to go, because I don't think either one of us see him as like a number one pick type of guy. Um, but we did want to start this off by saying that we think he's an absolute competitor. Like you said, he's a gamer. He's a dog. He's a guy that really cares about winning. And so I think that's a really good place to start with Ron Holland before we even get into the skills. Yeah, a hundred percent. And um, yeah, he does have an intriguing skills, right? You know, he's not just a guy who uh, is kind of getting by on on being an athlete. Um, I think, you know, he's got this real kind of ability to do the athletic stuff, right? We see here he's turning offense to defense. Um, he's going to get after it. He's going to play two ways. And um, he's going to, you know, get some easy points at the rim just based on the fact that, you know, he, he does um, – you know, compete on both ends and, and turn, turn offensive defense. But I, I think that where I really like him, cause I, I love him in that half court, but it's, it's, or in the full court. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just, I like when he's playing in like chaos yeah. in, in like broken plays, just kind of living in the moment and just kind of like improvising. And we see here in this clip, you know, uh, Oak Ridge is, pressing duncanville 
and Holland gets the ball. And as soon as he does, he just turns the jets on. He dribbles through everybody and takes it coast to coast for the finish. And that's the kind of stuff that I like from him. It's also though, some of my worry is that he does have that effort. He does turn it on. And you see here against this team, he just is a little bit more athletic. Um, and a little bit more aggressive than maybe some of the guys on the court. And now he's going to be making that transition to the NBA, but at the lower levels, it's worked. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a really strong, great point that you're making there, Corey. I think, um, but you know, Corey, like the first thing that I wrote in my notes about him is I think he's athletic, but I didn't think he was like, the wildest athlete, which is important because um, against that level of competition, it's going to pop. But I'm, I'm just going to be totally honest here. For a guy that's 6'8 with his physique, um, some of his dunks left me wanting a little bit more. And a lot um, of dunks. That too. Um, and, and just like the the vertical is just not, I mean, he's not Ahmed Thompson, not Cam Whitmore in my opinion. But not to say that he's a bad athlete either. It's just we won't be talking about Ron Holland as a generational athlete ever, or even in my opinion, maybe not even as like a top tier elite athlete, but he does have athleticism. And I think a lot, like what you said, Corey, there is a little bit of that junkyard dog to him where in that chaos, in the madness during a broken play in transition, that's where he can, you know, take advantage of, these opportunities that kind of fall to him because of how hard he plays or because of his activity level and him just being around the hoop. That's a nice little put back there. Right. But also like that wasn't like a skyscraper put back. Either, right. Right. Um, even, even like Iman Shumpert against the Pacers, like that was one where he was really flying, soaring through the air in the second round of the Eastern um, Eastern conference playoffs. But um, no, with Holland though, I, I do want to say, I think you're making a really important point, Corey, where he was a good athlete played really hard, kind of imposed his will at times against lower levels, but in the G league, it will be tested. But to his defense though, Corey in the, like him playing in those like Rico Hines runs, like you, you have, like you can't see that his body is developing a little bit too. Um, so that'll be something to watch to see how his body continues to develop, how he continues to add size to his physique and how he takes on, you know, grown, grown men as he, you know, plays the way that he plays. Yeah. And like you said, he he's going to clean up the garbage. He's going to get a lot of easy hustle points just because of his activity. But yeah, he, the athleticism in my notes, I have good, not great athlete. Decent uh, dirty dancer in the comments says Ron Holland is closer to a DeAndre Hunter type athlete than a nuclear one. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah. anyone's going to be using the term nuclear to describe Ron Holland. And um, I'm interested to see how that translates. And you, you mentioned the Rico Hines run. One thing that we didn't see in there, and we'll touch on it a little later, though. Oh, yeah. Not a lot yeah. of shooting highlights. Yep. Yep. It's all yep. all going to the rim, all being aggressive because that's what he does. Right, He likes to be at the rim. He likes to be aggressive. If he doesn't have the ball, he's crashing the offensive glass. He's getting these hustle points. But, you know, he does have the ability to play a little bit in the half court and create a little bit of his own offense as well. And, um, you know, we'll see here. Little hesitation, changes pace. Quick first step, gets to the rim. And uh, uncontested at the rim for a dunk. Nice, fluid ball handler, you know. A little loose there after the hesitation, but that's a nice play going to the rim. And even if he's not a nuclear athlete, right? You know, if he's got a straight line, 
you probably don't want to get put on a poster if you're a 17 year old kid. And uh, if you get contested there, he's going to be aggressive. He's willing to attack and get to the rim, right? Like he's willing to go and get fouled and play through the physicality. You know, uh, Synergy didn't have a ton of the Duncanville games up. They had six games up. Um, But I think, I believe he got to the line 40 times in those six games. So he's willing to go and play tough through your chest and be physical and uh, get to the line. Now, you know, when we get to the, the, the shooting conversation we'll talk about what what exactly that means um but i like that even with the frame that he has that isn't developed and he's going to the g league like you said he's going to be able to work on that in a professional way focus strictly on the basketball and not be a student athlete um i think that will help with the strength uh because you know there are certainly times uh where even if he does go and attack the rim hard and he is aggressive as we'll see in this clip uh that i just pulled up sometimes he'll try to go through somebody and they just won't get moved yep 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 Corey, i think it's really important for us to say the overarching theme when it comes to ron holland as we get deeper into his breakdown right now is that he needs refinement I, I think at almost every level, every aspect, every part of his game, he needs refinement, which is why I actually really applaud him for going to the G League. I think that is where he's going to be tested. Like, that is the toughest test I think he could have taken in terms of, like, his development, right? Um, you talk about the handle. We're going to talk about the shooting. We're going to talk about his physique, the strength, um, how he operates in the half court, in transition. All these things need refinement. I don't think there's one aspect of his game other than his mentality that I think is really, really good right now. I think every aspect of his game needs a lot of work, needs a lot of refinement, fine-tuning, whatever word you want to use. He needs help is where he's at. And I think him going to the G League is a great idea because he's going to get good coaching there. He's going to be put in the mixer against really, really tough competition, tougher than anywhere he's played against, I think, until now. I mean, right now, Enrico Hines, he's playing against some pretty tough NBA guys, I'm sure, right? Or that level, around that level. Absolutely. But overall, yeah, overall, man, he, it's refinement. That's what he needs. That's the overarching theme over everything. Every part of Ron Holland as a basketball player needs work right now. Yeah, I mean, and look, all of the prospects in this class, yeah. we can say that about. This is not, and honestly, even Wembenyama last year, there were always True. things you could say that these guys need to refine and work on. It's just a little bit more highlighted in this class. Now, when I was watching him, not only with the strength, I think when he drives with his right hand, mm-hmm. I think he's really good. Sure, He's really strong, um, and he's got good touch there. But when he has to f- go with these offhand finishes... I think it gets a little rough Mm. and for a guy who is downhill, who does have questionable shooting uh, numbers, he was 53.3% at the rim, 50% in the half court, 36.4% on layups, according to synergy in the Mm. EYBL at Duncanville, a six game sample size. So a little bit less, uh, 70.6% at the rim, 80% in the half court, 70% on layups. So much better numbers, lower sample size, so, and, you know, that season is post the EYBL season. So there's a progression there. I think he's somewhere in the middle of that. I think he'll be good. But I think that strength and that kind of touch with his offhand is going to be something that he needs to work on because as you get to higher levels and the scout on you is that 
you want to get downhill to your strong side, they're going to try to weak you. And then if you can't move them, if you can't deal with that physicality, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to play you to your weaknesses. You know, we saw a guy like Jaden Hardy struggle with that a lot to start the year in the G League a couple of years ago. So uh, these are things that I think um, I really want to see if he's going to be able to make those adjustments throughout the G League season. If he if he starts out and he's not perfect, it's not a death sentence. It's mm-hmm. it's just what what is he doing to make those numbers, you know, trend in the right direction. For sure, for sure. And, and Corey, what you said earlier is really important as well. And the fact that he's one of the youngest guys in this class, you know, and that youth yes. is definitely on his side. Um, that's something that NBA front offices are going to weigh heavily, as they always do. Um, and, and, you know, once again, like, he, I think he chose the right path. I think he chose the right challenge. And and I do want to say, Corey, I've heard comps, right, of for him. Like, Jalen Brown is one I've heard a couple of times, right? And I think, like, I get it. I get it, but I also... I. I there's a lot of projecting that that happens there, right? There's a lot of, you know, you being glass half full for us to really consider him as a Jalen Brown type of guy. I, I I understand some of the comps, right? He is a good athlete. Um, but at the same time, like also his handle needs a lot of work. It needs to be tightened as, you know, you highlighted in a couple of the, the different clips here for, you know, as good as his handle can be for that size, it also needs to be tightened up. There are holes to it. And, and like you said before, Corey, that like, it's just a lot of it is ex- accentuated right now because of the overall weakness of this class. Um, when everyone is kind of, you know, pretty imperfect and has a lot of holes and you start to see them more and more. But with Ron, I just want to reiterate once again, though, if you have a prospect that has a lot of holes, it it's better to take a prospect that's still really young and has a desire and the work ethic to get better. So I think that's something we're definitely going to have to monitor throughout the G league season. And, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. And we can't, like you said, Corey, we shouldn't judge him too early on in the G league season either. No. And I think that, you know, the open space is going to be good for him. Cause it, you know, he does have some slick moves right here. You see that smooth Euro step, right? Um, you know, I'm going to pull up an, uh, another clip here, which he's going to get to the rim off uh, a reject, which I think is, you know, pretty slick. Um, so he's got that ability to play with the ball in his hands and, you know, the handle does look good at times. Um, you know, so he gets in the rim, you know, nice little move there, uh, in the EYBL. Now, when it comes to the G league ignite versus the college route, Mm. I see pluses and minuses for Ron Holland in both directions. Okay. Because we know that the G league ignite does not have those prospects are not under the same microscope as the college prospects are. Yeah. yeah. Their games aren't as easily accessible. Scoot Henderson, you know, one of the best point guard prospects that we've had uh, in many, many years. How many guys, how many people watch Scoot play before he played in that summer league game? Right. You know, there's a from the general public's perspective, not the people that are listening to this podcast uh, on this channel or, you know, all of the other great draft analysts, the people that are just casuals, they're not seeing Scoot Henderson. Maybe they watch the Wemby game. But for the most part, you don't know. So Ron Holland's not going to have that same pressure to be awesome right away. But at the same time, we've also seen that sometimes the G league ignite route, you could start out as the top ranked prospect or one of the top ranked prospects. And you can really fall by the wayside 
in the conversation if you struggle. Um, so, you know, it, it, pros and cons. He could he can go to college, struggle with some of the the stuff that Texas does, and you know you could drop like a Derek Whitehead. So there's no right answer for him. I think you know it, there's pros and cons to each decision, but ultimately I kind of feel like the G League Ignite situation is probably a little bit better for him because he's going to have more room. And even if he you know isn't on the tip of everyone's tongue, I still think it's the right path for him. Yeah, and also, Corey, I think he's an in, in an interesting position right now where a lot of different outlets and media people have him at number one, which I think actually helps your argument, right? Like, because he's starting preseason and early on as the number one guy, even if, you know, as you mentioned, it's a little bit harder to get to the G League games, just because he's being touted as, like, a number one guy or a contender for number one, you know, people may, you know, go out of their way to try to find more G League games, but... I think the biggest thing for me was I, I like the fact that he's going to go against harder competition. I think the whole idea of iron sharpens iron and him going against adult men that are, you know, going to bully him at times that won't be uh, as affected by his athleticism and intensity. I think that's good for him because he's going to learn, okay, I can't just run through people. I can't just run past people. I can't just outwork people all the time. Right. These are bigger guys, more athletic guys, more seasoned and more veteran guys that I'm going to have to develop different aspects of my game to be effective here, to survive here uh, in the one season that I'm here. So, um, Corey, I think you make a great point, but I'm with you. I, I do think this was the better route just because of the testing of it all. Yeah, that's um, going to be exciting. Now, let's transition here. Let's talk about the the shooting, the 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 swing skill for him sure you know this is this is he's got to prove that he's going to be able to knock down jump shots now he shot 29.7 percent the uibl 56.4 percent from the free throw line this is a 13 game sample at duncanville he was 25 percent from the three-point line 80% from the free throw line on those 40 attempts in the six game sample. I believe he was in the 64, 65% range in the FIBA from the free throw line. Um, I think he shot, I think he was, you know, pretty poor in FIBA as well, but a lot of guys struggle in the FIBA competition with their shooting numbers. Not great. Seeing it in person, there wasn't a lot of consistency to it. Uh, it was not something that I said, oh man, this is a skill you could bank on. Where are you at with his shooting, and, and what does that mean for him as a prospect? Um, there were times in person where I was like, oh, that's not bad. Um, and then there were times in person where I, like, where I was like, well, that's not great either. Um, I, I think his base is just super narrow, dude. Um, sometimes it's like his feet are just straight up together when he's catching the ball, and it's just not great. A um, little bit of a disconnect, uh, in my opinion. Just yeah, like when you watch him shoot, sometimes he just looks like like a pole almost. Like it's really, really narrow stuff. Um, obviously, not going to help uh, in terms of him shooting from distance. Um, 
Yeah, man, I, I, I understand, Corey, uh, which is why, like, later on, if we talk about what range we have him in, that the shooting is the big reason why I don't have him as my number one prospect right now. Just because, once again, like, when I saw it in person, there were times, like, he hit a couple in a row. And I was like, okay, this is good. Um, but then also, he would throw up some absolute monstrosity sometimes, and you just go, okay, well, then, you know, the hell was I looking at before? Or what were you doing before? Type of thing. But yeah, it's just overall the biggest concern for me. Obviously, I'm not the shot doctor on our pod, but a lot of it looked super narrow and I didn't love that. Yeah, I mean, he, he needs reps. Drew Davis in the comments says needs to stop growing in a good coach, maybe three months. I think it's going to take him longer than three months um, to become like an adequate shooter. He's also going to be adjusting to a deeper line in gameplay longer guys closing out to him. So I, I do think that's going to be a struggle for him. I don't think up top it's bad. Like the release I think is okay. Yeah. Um, good follow through high release. It's pretty smooth. Like you said, the base is, is very upright, very narrow. His whole body is very narrow. He's mm -hmm. very pencil like in general. Um, but even on here, this make that we're showing you could see his shot prep and yeah. and him just stepping into the shot, even on a make, like he's kind of just in a standstill. And I don't, I don't love that. Now you mentioned like, sometimes you watch him and you're like, Oh, Oh, right. Yeah. And this is kind of where the, the Jalen Brown stuff comes from. Right. Right. Like, right. That looks good. That's pretty tough. Mm. You know, that, 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 that's pretty tough, you know, comes down the court confidently uh steps into like a behind the back off the bounce three mm. Kwame Evans just leaves him in the dust <laughs> splash <laughs> you know Kwame Evans long defender agile and uh quick stop now again the the footwork's not great uh, right but pretty nice pretty nice and and look even on I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up um, another off the bounce shot where he's going to miss. The setup is nice. Mm -hmm. The space creation is nice. It's going to come down to at what level does he get to with consistency as a shot maker? Mm. That's pretty smooth, yeah, right? And it, it, it very well could have gone in. Yeah, There's nothing that, that makes you go, Eh, he can't get that shot off. He can't hit that shot. It's just like he's got to start hitting the shots. Even his base looks better on that shot than other, most of his shots. Yeah. Uh, so there, like, there's something there. There's not reason to completely sell on it. But there's also no reason to buy. Yeah. Yeah. I think Corey, what we're both saying is that I don't. I don't think we believe that his shot is broken. It's just um, until we see it go in more often, it's hard to believe and it's hard <laughs> to buy because there are a lot of people out there that have pretty looking shots, but they don't go in as much as you think they do. Um, that's a real reality, right? Like um, he's got to be more consistent. And if he's going to play as like a six, eight wing guy, then what are we talking about? Like if he doesn't have the jumper in his repertoire um, and it's not something that he can consistently go to now, what he does have is confidence. That's something that we've seen all the time with him, which Corey, you and I are big believers in, right? We like yeah, guys sure. that even if their jumpers are not perfect, if they've got the confidence, we're, we're going to get behind a guy like that. Right. Let so it, let it fly. 
Exactly. Which is why, once again, going back to the G League thing, like with more space and NBA level coaching and, you know, you know, guys getting at him, there might be a world where his shooting improves. And if it does, Corey, let's say he gets to the G League and on decent volume, he shoots 35, 36% from three. I think our tune will change a little bit. Right. As you said, when he started the segment, it is his his swing skill set. So if, you know, his his game's going to round out and he's going to shoot the jumper at a pretty decent level and he gets to the free throw line at a high clip and shoots it better than 56 percent. Let's say he gets to like 70, 75 percent. I think we'll feel a lot better about it than we do right now. Um, but I also do believe that neither one of us are saying that his shot is broken. It's just he needs more reps. He needs to continue to work on it. And we'll see six months from now, you know. Yeah, well, it might be broken right now, but I think that it's something, it's not shattered. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not shattered. You, uh, could pick up, you can pick up the pieces and you can put it back together, sure. I think, in the right scenario. I don't want to spend a ton of time on the passing because I don't think it's something that I would necessarily say is like a strength. But I think it's something that he can do, that he's capable of. I think, you know, he sees the floor, nice little drive and kick to the weak side. Um so uh, I, I think it's a skill that I'm going to be interested to see how it looks with a ton of space on an NBA court and his ability, you know, to, to get into the paint and get touches um, in the comments. I'm going to say for for Lipka, uh-huh. uh, says Isaiah Todd shot 36% from three and went 31st in the 2021 draft. Not the same player. Not uh, yeah, I was, you know, yeah, and, players. and, and where we're going to go with this next is that Ron Holland, you know, he has real two-way ability, right? And Isaiah Todd, I don't think, had that same kind of defensive versatility that Ron Holland does, where I think Ron Holland's going to be able to guard multiple positions. You said he has to get stronger, so I think those strong fours are going to give him trouble. But he has the lateral quickness to really give guys trouble, stay in front of quick guards and, you know, use his length in those mismatch scenarios to make an impact on both ends. Whereas Isaiah Todd, there were a lot of questions about that. And and really Isaiah Todd needed to also be able to go and play the five, right. And be a center um, and, and, you know, protect the rim at his size. And it's just not a skill that he showed that he could do where I, I think Ron Holland has the ability to really make an impact defensively too. Yeah, I, I think ultimately the archetype of players is different. So for Litka, I, I understand the point that you're trying to make, but I, I don't know if that's necessarily an effective point here just because, once again, like the archetype's way different. Um, and also for the record, I really liked Isaiah Todd, and I'm still yeah, rooting for him, man. Yeah, we both did. We both did. Yeah, we, exactly, Corey. We both did. Uh, we're still both rooting for him, man. Like, just because he spent a couple of years in the G League doesn't mean his career is over, right? He could still end up somewhere, be a small ball five, maybe, you know, shooting four, whatever. But regardless, okay, back to Ron Holland. Um, <laughs> I like Ron Holland on the defensive side of the ball, though, Corey. I, I think um, one thing that stood out to me was I think I saw him practice once and then uh, scrimmage once and then playing the game once. Um, thought he was a good talker, man. Like, it, it's good to have guys that communicate well on the floor um, that could see – uh, what the offense is doing and call out assignments and, you know, just be a good communicator on the floor. I think he does that. Um, I think he obviously, as you mentioned, as you highlighted already, good lateral movement for a guy his size, good length to him as well. Um, I also feel like, Corey, and this might just be a me thing, and I might just be like half glass full on every guy, um, but I, I think his frame is going to fill out. Like I think eventually, I know he's really thin right now, and he's very, as we both talked about, kind of looks 
like a pole right now, but I, I think it could happen. Um, I, I think he could continue to develop and his physique will get better. Um, but overall, I, I like the demeanor on the defensive side of the ball, uh, the lateral movement, uh, the length, uh, active hands, and the communication was the biggest one that stood out to me. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how he continues to develop and if he can, you know, really iron out some of those improvement areas and live up to that billing of, you know, potential top five pick before we move on, you know, you mentioned it, you wanted to talk about, you know, ranges for a guy like him, what range, you know, uh, do you have him in right now? I think right now I have him like back. Uh, I have him in the teens where I have him right now. And I feel like that's where he should be. In my opinion. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of unfair to him to be like, hey, we he's the number one guy right now. I don't I don't feel that way. But um yeah, I feel like uh anywhere from teens to like back half of the top ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wouldn't be in my top five right now. Oh no, sorry, is not in my top five right now. Yeah, he um I think I have him at ten or eleven right now. Okay. Is is where I have him. Yeah. Uh He's a guy that I felt when I when I left Hoop Summit, I did feel underwhelmed mm-hmm. because I thought that when he was going up against like the tippy top peers of his peers, I didn't see that standout that, you know, his ranking kind of, um, you know, says that he should have stood out in that in that setting. And when there are a bunch of other guys with size and length and athleticism and the shots not falling, I just didn't see that that I'm the dude yeah. stuff, you know, and he, in the game, he was excellent. And, and when we spoke to him, uh, after the game, you know, he had that, that kind of like, I'm the dude demeanor, like this cool confidence. So I think, I still think there's a lot to like, I still think he's a really fun prospect, but I think that if he's going to be the number one guy, I think the expectations there might just be too high. Mm even if he's the number two prospect, if you think, you know, his teammate on the G league ignite might be the number one guy. Like, I, I think that those expectations given where he's at as a shooter right now and where the league is trended. And the fact that I don't think he's say like even the same level of playmaker or close to where like Asar was last year. Yeah. Now he's going to be a year plus younger than Asar, Right. You know? Um, but, even still, I think Asar showed those flashes the year prior to his draft year. Um, but I think Asar is kind of the template for what I want, and that's a really valuable player. But I think Asar was bouncier. I think he yeah. similar shooting issues. Um, and I don't necessarily know if I felt more confident in Asar shooting. <laughs> I think uh, they're similarly tiered there. I liked his frame better. Um, and I like his passing instincts better. And, and you know, I think the, even the defensive chops. So that's kind of the model and the player I want to see. I think it's valuable, but depending on where you're getting him, you know, it's going to kind of be just how valuable do you value that? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree, man. I definitely agree. Um, we'll see. I, I feel like him being in that like early teens range is much better much more accurate to even where he is currently uh, in his development. And um, I mean, look, I really, Corey, we both really hope he 
has an awesome season for the G League and he proves both of us wrong. And who knows, right? Maybe a couple months from now, we, we might be like, hey, he's top five because of what yeah. he does in the G League, it, it could happen. So, yeah, it's definitely in the cards for sure. All right, let's transition to a guy that I think is getting very underrated, but maybe for good reason. Uh, in Link Academy's Cameron Carr. This is a guy that every time I watched Link, mm -hmm. this kid popped. Mm -hmm. He's headed to Tennessee. He's listed at 6'5". I want to say it was 170. Um, very long shooter. He was a complimentary guy playing off Elliot Cadeau and Jacoby Walter. But every time you turn on the tape, you're like, oh, that kid could that kid could hoop. He could play. Now, Tennessee is absolutely loaded with guys that are probably a little bit similar to him. So my big question is, will there be minutes? Tennessee has eleven guys listed at six foot six or below. Damn. Right? And he's listed at six five on the website, six four other places, but very long. He's skinny. Is he physically developed enough? But as a basketball player, I think that he's exactly who you want to put around any of your number one, two, three options because he's the perfect off-ball complement to an offense. It's – Corey, we've talked about Cameron Carr off camera so many times. Um, we love him. I love him, dude. The the, uh, the first thing I wrote in my notes in all caps shooter with like five <laughs> R's. Um, just dude, his jumper looks fantastic. Deep, deep range on his jumper. Uh, another guy super confident in the shot. I don't give a rat's ass what his shooting numbers were. I know on synergy it was like 33% from three or whatever. I do not care. Like I literally, <laughs> I would bet all the money I have in my account, which is not much, um, that he's going to be a really good shooter. Um, like you said, playing off of Cadeau and Walter, what it was just a great opportunity for him to just be. And, and I know, like I saw it on YouTube, someone comped him to Reggie Miller. And you mm. look at his body and you go, yeah. Like <laughs> his body really does yeah. look like Reggie Miller and he's got the wristband thing on and everything. So it's, it's hard to not see it, but uh, you have to start with the shooting with him. Undoubtedly you have to start at the shooting and that's where we're going to start. Um, the kids got range. Look at this. Where is it? Where is that? That's from the X logo. Oh, the X. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. The kids got range and it's beautiful. Like you said, it, the numbers don't reflect 33.3%, but it was on 159 attempts. Yeah. You know, like it was on super high volume. Now he shot 25% uh, on, in the EYBL on a good number of attempts. Yeah. So the percentages haven't been there throughout the whole year. However, 87.2% yes. from the free throw line at link. 94.4% from the free throw line in the EYBL. But the fact of the matter is, if you watch this shot, you go, okay, that kid could shoot the cover off the ball. Mm -hmm. Just straight up, filthy, silky smooth. Mm -hmm. And when you're building an offense, I mean, you know, the first thing you recognize is that, like, this is a kid. He's just going to open up space for your guards. I mean, look, playing with Elliot Cadeau, I, mm -hmm. this kid created so many looks for him, but like spot up, off ball, smooth. 
just look at the balance, man. As you you love talking about Corey, the shot prep on this yeah. kid lights out, man. And it's just so easy. The stroke looks so easy. He looks like he was literally born to be a shooter. Look at that jumper, man. Are you kidding me? He's one of these guys, like when the ball goes in, the net explodes. Love those guys. <laughs> love those guys. He's one of those guys, though. And, you know, with him, like, once again, the role that he played next to Cadeau, he played it perfectly, dude. His off-ball movement was great. Did a great job, whether he was sitting in the corner or lifting up, just was always reading what, you know, they were doing, what the ball handler was doing. Did a great job, man. He's like, I, I but Corey, once again, you mentioned it at the top, like the situation that he's in and the roster that he's on. And we talked about it in our group chat. It's like, we both love him, but damn, we wish he went to a different school or was at a different situation where he could continue to do this and maybe even explore some other aspects of his game. Right. But, um, yeah, you know, playing next to Godot, I, I, Godot, I felt like he didn't get to show too much with the ball in his hands. Which, no, I'm not trying to say that that's a strength of his, but it just didn't happen a lot. He took a lot of these types of jumpers, which is also good, right? Like that. Hopefully that's his role on the next level as well. But um, love the shot, man. Absolutely love it. Yeah, and I think if you're going to be a great off-ball shooter and like that's your calling card, you have to be a versatile shooter, right? Like Reggie was a really versatile shooter. He wasn't just a stand in the corner guy. Clay, not just a stand in the corner guy, right? Yep. All of these guys, and I, I don't want to put that kind of pressure on him because obviously, like the three point shooting hasn't reflected that yet. And like, I'm trying to think, like, uh, Justin Jackson was a guy oh. who I thought, right? Who had like similar kind of body type and also was like a really pretty jumper. Yeah. Um, so like there are scenarios in which you're like, all right, this kid should be able to shoot at a higher clip. Why isn't he? So right now it doesn't reflect it, but I'm buying the shot because it's so pretty. The free throw percentage is outrageous. Um, and the versatility in which he can, you know, shoot in a number of ways coming off the DHO here. So I, I just, I love how versatile he is. And I love that. Like when you think of modern NBA, right? Like, not only are you thinking of like these bigs who are going to put him in these DHO scenarios where he's able to kind of, you know, do these quick pitches, get the ball and lose his man. But NBA teams love to play fast. They want to, you know, get into early offense. And so many times like gets the ball in transition, seven seconds or less type stuff. And he's just letting it fly to the hoop. He in that final game against Sunrise, he had some big shots, man. Um, and also that transition dunk at the end where he slaps the backboard, loved it. But that's the thing, Corey. The one number one, I'm I'm mad at you because you brought up Justin Jackson first, and I was the, that was the first name that came to mind when I watched him. I was like, why does he look so much like Justin Jackson? <laughs> and it's everything with like the shoulder stuff and like every he looks so much like him. But the one thing with a car that I like is he's got like this killer mentality to him. Like you watch the games, he he wants the ball, he wants the big shots. He's like he's really hunting opportunities for him to get shots up. Um, as you mentioned, Corey, I uh, put up 150 something threes last season, which is a lot, uh, which I like. I love that man. Just throw him up there, shoot your shot, continue to be aggressive. Um, but also, it's been reported that his wingspan is seven one. Yeah, it uh, looks like it. Yeah. So <laughs> if he's six five with a seven one wingspan, that's fun stuff, man. And um decent athlete, right? Good bloodlines. His dad played in the league. Um, I, it's gonna be talked about everywhere that his dad lost to Kobe in the dunk contest in the final. Um, <laughs> but a guy who played like six, seven seasons in the NBA, and so he's got some 
some good genes there. But um, yeah, he's one of these you know short to- torso, long legged guys. Um, can really shoot the cover off the ball. Um, yeah, we haven't talked about like his at rim stuff, but um, yeah, I, I I'd like to see him put on some weight soon. Um, yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a big question mark. Um, the food in Tennessee is probably good, pretty right? good. Yeah, probably, probably pretty good for him. Uh, I like this off the bounce here. You said it. He's not going to do a ton off the bounce. It's never been who he is, and I don't think it's who he needs to be. But he needs to do just enough that he could be efficient with what he does, and that's what he does. When he's shooting off the bounce, it's off one or two dribbles. Like he's not creative. He's not gonna, you know, go ISO and dance with the rock. He's gonna do, you know, get into early offense, low clock there, Um, and then you know he's not only able to do it from three, but he he also has, and he doesn't rely on it a lot. But I, I kind of like that, you know, he does have a little bit of like a mid-range pull-up two off these scenarios, you know, right to the elbow, off balance, splash. And, you know, these those little shots are going to be important. And then this this is the thing that's going to be really important for him too. What happens? He's going to get run off the line. So how does he, you know, operate when that happens? Defender runs out. Floater. Basically, his percentages were great everywhere except for the three-point line (laughs) um so and we buy the shot because it's so pretty and he you know the volume and the difficulty and how he shot them um but the mid-range stuff and the floater that area he didn't operate there a ton could have been by scheme um he's definitely like a rim and and threes guy but i do like that it seems like he does have it in his game if he needs to go to it Corey, along with everything that you just said, he's also really good at moving off the ball. Yeah, he, yes, he's yeah. a really good cutter. Like even with like you know baseline out of bounds plays, like there were a couple that you know they threw lobs to him, and it was really, really pretty stuff. He also is a good athlete. Like I'm, he's not you know not a superstar athlete, but he can jump, man. He can get up, and also it helps that he has seven one wingspan um, when they throw lobs to him and stuff. So uh, I'm with yes. Yes, that's the one. That's the <laughs> one right there. Um, really nice play. Um, but a guy that Corey, like, we're, we're, number one, we're not projecting him to be like in the top five um, as a prospect, but as a guy that has a clear and defined role on the next level, I, I think he's going to be expected to be a guy who can space the floor, a guy that um, is going to offer, you know, some of that, not, nah, I don't want to say secondary stuff, but just like a floor spacer, right? A floor spacer who all, we're, we're not, we haven't talked about his defense yet, but um, yeah, I, the role is clear with him. Yeah. I love his off ball movement. And here, I mean, I'm actually going to steal this play because this, this play rocks yeah. uh, using him as like, all right, he could, if, if his defender's not attached, like he can go to the corner for three. If he is, he just comes back and uses that athleticism to catch a little lob. Um, and you have to chase after him because, you know, he's a threat to shoot. Um, I love all that. It's honestly, he's a guy where it's kind of hard to find a weakness in his game because of the way that he plays The weakness in his game is the physicality that he's physically weak. Um, and right now that the roster has a thousand guys that are around his height. Uh, if I had to pick out a weakness, it's like, I guess maybe, you know, he, he struggles more shooting over length and like against contests. He's still going to let it fly. Obviously the, the three point numbers don't bear it out. Also, this is an awesome end of, you know, <laughs> gameplay, like great job by everybody here. Yeah. Uh, I really wanted to highlight that too. Like everybody did a, a great job, great job by coach um, as well. But yeah, like he is a good off ball cutter. He is athletic. 
he is able to play out and transition. He had a ton of dunks this year. You know, now that we're getting, you know, to his finishing, reading off some numbers, he had 35 dunks at link. Here he is catching the open transition from Elliot Cadeau. Uh, he was 83.1% at the rim at link. That's good. 72.7% in the half court. Now he was 57.1% um, in the EYBL with, and then 50% in the half court in the EYBL. So I think, I don't think he's an 83% at the rim guy. I think that a lot of it is that Elliot Cadeau is a beast at making guys better. And um, a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's just able to create opportunities. And then a lot of it is he's really crafty and smart in moving without the ball and finding himself opportunities to score at the rim, out in transition, off cuts, even off putbacks and stuff. Uh, Using that length. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's got like an 8% you know, turnover percentage because he's not going to do all of the dancing with the rock. He keeps right. it simple, right? He, he plays to his strengths. Um, and then, you know, defensively, I think he's going to struggle with physicality, but I think his length will bother mm-hmm. people. He's not an aggressive defender. He's not going to get like up in you necessarily. Mm-hmm. He, he'll, he could stay with you. Uh, but you know, I, I think the physicality is really the, the, the aspect of his game that you would say, I guess that's a weakness. Yeah. Yeah. Corey, I think, especially on the defensive side of the ball, what you mentioned is really important. He, uh, he gets moved, man. He does. And if you're that size and that weight, uh, it's something he has to work on. He absolutely, like, I know like there's some guys like, Oh, you know, look at Katie, whatever. No, man. Like you look at a Cameron car, (laughs) like he, he needs to add weight. Um, he's too light right now. He gets moved a lot. Um, he really struggles with physicality, but as you mentioned, there are good tools, man. We're long ass arms, long ass legs. And for a guy who has like the short torso, long leg stuff, I think he moves actually pretty decently well on the perimeter. Um, and obviously that wingspan is going to compensate for a lot. So um, yeah, I'm with you, man. And also, as you mentioned, Elliot Cadeau might be one of the best lob throwers I've seen in a long time. Like it's <laughs> unreal. Uh, we talked about it when we did his pod, but he's so damn good at throwing lobs. So that definitely helped. But um, yeah, like with Carr, dude, he's another guy that like you love the mentality. You love the aggressiveness that he plays with and he can shoot the cover off the ball. So I, I think both of us are going to buy him as a three and D prospect that just really needs to work on his body and continue to show that his shot is not just pretty, but it goes in a lot. And he might not be a this year guy even. Oh yeah. You know, like he might not be, I know he's, he was injured for their, I believe they went to Italy um, and he was injured on that tour. So we didn't get to even, you know, see if he played. Um, We didn't get to see him in action there. Let's see him get on the court. Let's talk about it. But I think if you go and you watch his film, he's always going to be a guy that you notice. And he's always going to be a guy that you could say, yeah, he fits with this guy. He fits on my team. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's valuable. Um, so uh, again, let, we'll we'll see where he's at. Um, you know, come <laughs> June, he could be a guy that we're talking about. Hey, maybe he's a breakout candidate next year. Maybe he's a guy that doesn't see the minutes and he wants to hit the transfer portal or something. And go to a situation that where he will get to show those skills. But if I'm just looking at underrated players that not enough people are talking about in the preseason, when we don't necessarily know what is going to happen. I I think you got to bring him up because out of all, uh, you know, a bunch of the, the film that I've watched, he's just one of these guys. Every time I watch it go, I really like that kid. Yep. yep. He's awesome, dude. He's awesome. Like 
his connection with Cadeau was great all season long. Like they, they just, they were always that ESP was unbelievable between those two. They always knew where each other was, but um, yeah, Corey, just to wrap, like, I think I just, <laughs> I just love that jumper so much. It's <laughs> so fun to watch. And like just the confidence that he has in it all the time in any situation is awesome. So as you mentioned, Corey, maybe he's a two-year guy, but regardless, he's someone to watch out for that. I think one day could have a long NBA career. A hundred percent. And uh, let's finish up with another guy that honestly, I would have drafted him last year. Yep. Had yep. he come out, uh, I, I wouldn't have taken him with like a first round pick or anything, but he's a guy that another one of these guys that just seems to always do stuff that you go really like this kid. Huh? I, I could see him playing on my team. I could see that working in the NBA. Uh, and that's Kobe Johnson from USC. That's Jalen Johnson's little brother. Um, Junior wing, 6'6", 200 pounds, averaged 9.2 points, 5 rebounds, 2.6 assists, 2.2 steals last year on 47, 36, 84 splits. Uh, definitely not a guy who you go, all right, he's going to be my number one option, my number two option, my number three option. But I think when we see these kind of wingy guys who are versatile on both ends of the floor, have that connectivity uh, as a passer, he seems like a guy that has all of the things that you like. So I'm really excited to see how he plays off of that with guys like Isaiah Collier and uh, Vincent uh, Iwachuku. And, you know, hopefully we see Bronny this year. And uh, cause I, I think the team could be a, a lot of fun and he's going to be a major reason why. Yeah. I mean, Corey, considering the fact that they have so much talent on that USC team, it's kind of crazy that they're just going to have Josh Hart on the team with them. Like, <laughs> it's I, I love Kobe Johnson, man. He's going to be one of – he is 100%, Corey. I love that we both love him. Um, he's one of my guys, man. I'm really excited to see how his game blossoms this year for USC. Um, just to start, I, I wrote Josh Hart. Like, I see so much of it in him. He's a good rebounder. Kobe Johnson's mm -hmm. a really good rebounder, tenacious on the offensive board or boards. He tracks the ball really well, just has that instinct that not everyone has. Um, also wanted to give a special shout out to a friend of the program, Drew Peterson. Yes. Him, him and Kobe were just best friends last season. The ESP <laughs> they had was unbelievable. <laughs> um, and also like, Drew was such a damn good passer last year. He led them in assists at like 140 of them last year, um, considering, you know, the, his size and everything was great for him. And we're really excited for him. But um, with Kobe, just he's a filler guy. He he plugs all the holes on your team. Uh, incredible cutter. High, high level cutter. Um, like when he attacks the rim, um, his left hand is so good. Really good left hand finisher. Enjoy that. Um, the shooting 36% last year on obviously not like crazy high volume. It was like two per game, but still I'll take that 36% and the better number that we love 85% from the free throw line last year. I'll take that any day of the week. And I think his three point shooting will only improve this season playing with Collier and it and hopefully fingers crossed Bronny as well. Um, I just so much to love two steals per game. Like we're, we're not going to get into the defense yet, <laughs> but I love this guy, man. I'm so happy we're covering him. I would, as you said, Corey, I'd love to have him on my team. So where do you want to start with him? <laughs> Cause we just did a pretty in-depth sell and breakdown, but what, what do you want to watch in depth on the film? I, I loved him on the defensive side of the ball. All right. We well, want to start with, uh, let's start with 
the defense. Um, all right. So right away, um, he's a guy you need to be able to play both sides of the ball in this modern NBA. And he's a guy that is going to be able to be a versatile on ball defender. Right. I mean, yeah, nothing crazy just stays with him. He's really good at shadowing, um, you know, ball handlers, whether it's a guard, whether it's a forward, you know, here against Auburn, he's on a guy who's a little bit smaller, a little shiftier, you know, forces him into a tough shot. Some would say that's a tough shot that uh, the guards at Auburn love to take. Um, but here, you know, top 20 pick on Jaime Jaquez. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's going to force Jaime into a really tough shot by being physical, getting into his body and shadowing, you know, his movements, you know, like he, he does all of the things being active hands, the little swipe there right before Jaime is about to put the shot up. So I, I, I love him as an on-ball defender. I think if USC, if Lincoln Riley uh, went over to Kobe Johnson and said, Hey, come play cornerback for us this season at six, five, I think he'd do a great job, <laughs> do a great job. Like, as you mentioned, Corey, the shadowing is there. He contests shots so well. I love his technique when he closes out on shooters as well. Does a really good job on the ball. Doesn't fall for fakes too much. Um, really good at staying down, um, reading hips, all that old school stuff. He does it all, man. I love him on the ball. Like I, I thought he did it, but also Corey, I thought his off ball defense was good too, man. There were a mm-hmm. lot of times he'd be on the weak side. He's got two out there. Does a good job of just, you know, being alert, communicating and, just covering more than he was asked to. And I was like, this is really, really good stuff. But um, yeah, just, I, I just love how he's contesting so many shots and active hands, two steals per game. That stuff is great. Yeah. And I, the, the active hands thing, I mean, turning defense into offense, you know, being off the ball and, and understanding the positioning, like, he's also going to be that defensive playmaker and where he's going to be able to get out and transition. Now, like he's not like he he's kind of like Ron Holland where he's not like as athletic yeah. as you kind of hope or, or wish that he is. Uh, but he's a good athlete. Yeah. Right. And he's, he's great at, um, you know, turning defense and offense and, and, you know, getting easy buckets here. Very, you know, smart off ball defense. And then he leads the break. Hmm, he's a good passer, Corey. He's a good passer. He's a good passer, man. I was waiting till we got to offense, but you mentioned it there, and I have to say it. Like he is, especially in transition, man. The boy can he can push the ball. He can see it all. Really good touch. His interior passing is awesome too, man. Like he'll mm. cut, he'll cut, catch, and make such quick reads and like beautiful passes to the big or a, a, like a secondary cutter. He's so damn. He's a really, really good passer. I wrote in my notes, strong passer like you can and you can and and at times usc would even run the pick and roll through him at times and he can make some nice passes but the interior stuff is so so you're playing one right here i love it so silky such quick decision making with him um whether it's you know him coming downhill or you know he catches it off of a cut and makes another quick decision off of that it's he's a really really good passer he is and you know he could do it where he's attacking that closeout knocked down 36% of his shots. I think it was uh, his three-point shot. So you got to kind of respect him here, you know, beats his man and then sick read to the cutter. Come on. 
it's a sick read, you know, like that's the type of processing speed that you love to see. Like, you know, if, if guys are going to move off the ball, he's somebody who's going to reward them and he's going to be able to make those last second improvisational reads um, that make him really valuable. You know, you mentioned the pick and roll stuff. It's not something he's going to do a ton of, but this is the type of stuff that's going to be valuable at this level or, you know, at uh, the next level. He's, he's just a guy who, who has that, he's going to be the, the glue, the connective piece, you know, and, and that's what we want on in, in these guys. I wish he was a little taller, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, but he's unselfish. He's got that quick processing. Uh, like even when there's nothing super flashy, right? Like, uh, this possession against Arizona, we're out in transition. He gets to the corner quick. One yeah. more to the shooter splash. Oh, I wrote that in my notes. He's so good at the one more man. Like just one of these guys that is thinking about it. You know, we talk about connector guys, right? Like those are those are the types of passes that you need to have. It's not that we're looking for, you know, super high level passes. It's like, can you make the one more? Do you have that instinct to make that one extra pass for that perfect look? Then he has that, dude. He's and that's why, Corey, what you said before, that's why I put Josh Hart for him because he is a little undersized. You know, Josh yeah. Hart. 6'4", 6'5", you know, listed at 6'5", but probably closer to 6'4", in my opinion. But Kobe Johnson's going to be the same way, and I think he's going to continue to develop as a shooter. He's already a better shooter, I think, than Josh Hart at times. So um, <laughs> I, it's, there's a lot to love there. There's a lot to love, but the, the passing for me was one of the big marquee skills for him for me. Like, you think about a guy, as you mentioned, Corey, third, fourth option type of guy. If he can move the ball, if he can move his body off ball, if he can space the floor and shoot and then be what he is on defense, how, how could you not draft a guy like that and put him on your team? So I'm right there with you. That's a nice weak side read to seize the defender there, slacking a little bit, gets it out to Peterson for the easy three, and it's just fantastic stuff. Good looking jumper. Ah, oh, God. Yeah, I look. I I don't think he's going to be a dribble jumper guy at any level. Mm-hmm. Although, hey, we're no ceilings. We don't put ceilings on these guys. However, um, I think uh, immediately if he could show this year, it's going to be important that he's as consistent as a shooter this year as he was sure. last year. Right. Yeah. The longer you stay in college, you're going to have to not only make improvements, but you know he shot 25 percent on lower volume as a freshman. 36 uh, yeah. percent this year still not on like super high volume because he's not like a super right. high usage high volume guy in general um but he's gonna need to be around that mark and if he's at 37 38 even even better right but functionally you know in these scenarios i trust him if it's just gonna be a driving quick you slack off he's gonna confidently step right into the jumper i, I love his shot off the catch man I thought his his jumper off the catch was really tight and um, organized and looked repeatable and good. And Corey, eighty five percent from the free throw line. I love that. I hope, as you mentioned, I hope he continues to shoot it at that level. Now, I will say, I am interested to see what his usage looks like this year um, without Drew Peterson on that team. Obviously, Collier is going to see a lot of that ball, but just Peterson was such a good passer and a guy that really did a great job of keeping everyone involved and getting Kobe Johnson open looks. I know they, they still have Boogie Ellis, right? It's like yeah. year 12 of Boogie Ellis in college basketball, um, which will be interesting to see. But um, I, I hope he, he gets more volume shooting from outside because I like the jumper. 
Um, and it's safe to say clearly from this pod that I like him better than I liked his brother coming out of college, which, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was uh, probably the biggest um, uh, Jalen Johnson hater there was out there, um, which, you know, I, I, I don't wish anything bad about it but uh, hey he played well to end the season for the hawks and you know showed a little bit in the playoffs so good for him but um i just feel like with kobe as like you know third fourth guard on your team would love a guy like that man and if he continues to develop and works on you know shooting off the dribble and maybe a little bit more with the ball handling stuff who knows man he could even be like a starting two one day like not 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 as like a number one option starting two but as a guy like around two other superstars like josh hart um that could you know give you good minutes on the defensive side of the ball and space the floor and you know move his body and connect and pass the ball and rebound and stuff like he's got so many good tools to him Corey, where i i just I would love this guy on my team. I, I I love Kobe Johnson. Who's the second superstar next to Jalen Brunson that Josh Hart is playing between? <laughs> Two-time All-NBA guy. <laughs> Julius Randle. <laughs> oh, God. I like that. Two, two-time All-NBA. All-NBA guy, Julius Randle. <laughs> oh god which you know what to julius's credit it's hard to make an all nba team man oh he's a very good player yeah, very yeah. good player very very good player um in a tough market man it's not easy i love how he moves off the ball going back to kobe yes yes i love it he's just he's just super high iq man yeah yeah different from his brother I thought his brother was really lost at times during his freshman year at Duke, but with Kobe, man, like I love how he moves, the timing on his cuts, the just the availability, his willingness to cut. Love it, man. Love me some Kobe Johnson. And then once again, Corey, as I mentioned before, once he's making these cuts, also like when the defense collapses on him, he's so good at passing out of that stuff. I remember there was one play, it might have been against Arizona, no, Arizona State, where he made this beautiful cut. The defense, like two, three guys on him, just this per inch perfect bounce pass to the big for an easy dunk and i'm like that's this that's just beautiful stuff right there so i'm with you man i'm with you yeah and at the rim he was 60 percent, and then he was 63.8 percent in the half court at the rim so like those are really good numbers right those are really good numbers i love this little floater um because i, I think it's like really high iq this possession like he's gonna move into the open space and then he's gonna do that little jab step and then retreat dribble into the floater to, to create the space to get that off. And then you see like the little, the soft touch and the high arcing teardrop really, really pretty. Um, but yeah, he's just a guy like no matter what the scenario is, he's always going to do his best to like move without the ball and find open space. Like even here in transition, he's going to lead the break uh, little give and go to drew Peterson where a lot of guys give that ball up and they don't immediately get to the rim, but he knows another high level, high IQ guy. If he just keeps going, running right to that rim, he's going to give it up to get it back and create an easy bucket for himself. And Corey, I mentioned this before, but he has a really strong left hand. There was some where he was taking like little floaters with his left hand, even at times. Like it's I on this one, of course, he finishes with the right hand. Thanks a lot, buddy. Um, but um, he he's very confident finishing with his left hand as well, which I love. So 
Yeah, I, look, there is just a lot to like uh, about Kobe Johnson. And look, am I saying that Kobe Johnson is like a lock to be a first round pick? No. no, but I think that he's definitely draftable. I think that he definitely can play his way into this year's first round because if he takes the leaps that I think that that we think that he's capable of making and, you know, maybe he's instead of being at nine points, maybe he's at 13, yeah. right? Maybe he's at six and a half rebounds. Maybe he's at three to three and a half assists and, along with, you know, continued strong shooting splits. Uh, now we're, we're looking at a really valuable guy that you could all of a sudden go, Oh yeah. At pick 20, you know, maybe he's a, a, a guy that, uh, you know, the Sacramento Kings should be looking at in the backcourt, you know, who, like, who knows, like whatever team is in that range, uh, that could help a, you know, a a playoff team on his rookie deal, maybe not as a rookie, but on his rookie deal, maybe he's able to put, you know, help a playoff team that drafts him, you know, in that kind of range. Watching Kobe Johnson, it made me think of another Kobe or our Colby, um, Kobe Jones last year for Xavier. Like, look at the jump that he made, right? Um, the type of player that he is, a guy that loves to play defense, team player, a guy that, you know, maybe strong. wasn't exactly strong, who you and I both thought deserved to go in the first round, but ended up not. But, um, you know, we're, we're excited for him as well. And Kobe could be, Kobe Johnson could be that type of player as well. Maybe yeah. he has a big leap this year. That's a good call. All right. I think that's going to do it. I think we we uh, we hit who we needed to hit, how we needed to hit them. Spent a lot of time on Ron Holland, as we should have, as you know, a presumed top three guy entering this draft cycle, and then had to sprinkle in some some guys that it just feels like are going to be talked about within the draft space over the twenty twenty four NBA draft cycle and possibly beyond. So, um, Albert, tell the people where they could find you. Uh, you can find me at Alberto Gim on Twitter. Uh, that's Alberto with a T-O-E. Uh, weird. Um, and then um, my Instagram handle is uh, GTGNBA is where you can find me there. Um, and yeah, man, appreciate you guys joining us during this kind of summer vacation. Uh, we, we used to call it summer school, right? Yeah. Um, it's kind of where we're at. But um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I, I love doing these. We've hit. 12 guys now yeah yeah 12 12 12 guys already in this class and i think we're gonna get to we're gonna get to a lot of guys by the time the college season and the g league season rolls around which by the way the g league are playing a um i believe exhibition on next week two weeks two weeks a couple weeks uh and so that's gonna be exciting you know little appetizer um but we're gonna keep them coming and keep banging them out so you guys are really 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 prepared for this class uh with not just the top names but even some of the deeper guys uh draft deeper came back with maxwell and steven uh shouts to to them and we're happy to have steven back they dug really deep even deeper than we're we're gonna get to into guys that they're talking yeah they're in my top 75 as those draft sickos do um so stay locked in to this feed if you're watching on youtube make sure that you smash the like button you subscribe to the channel leave a comment um talking about these guys if you're listening on the podcast feeds make sure you rate review um five stars would be dope you can find me at Corey Sullivan on twitter and uh make sure you lock in to no ceilingsmba.com as we prepare for the writing to be back as well going forward Uh, Until next time, y'all, we out. Peace. Peace.